Hey, what's going on, Clipper people? It is me, William the Opinion Update. Oh, and I am Positive Chuck Mockler. And we're your friendly neighborhood Clippers podcast. Just a couple of best friends and Clipper credentialed media folks who bring you some Clippers news from time to time. We absolutely do. Uh, anyways, we got a heck of a show lined up for, lined up for you today. We're going to kick things off talking a, a summer league preview. The Clippers are taking on the Bucks. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about what we want to see from each of the rookies as well as, I mean, summer league vet Amir Coffee at this point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so all that more as well as what we don't want to see. And then in the freshies, which generally we do every single Monday, it's where we talk about fresh guys to the squad, though kind of surprise, surprise. <laughs> yeah, not really. With running it back, <laughs> not a whole lot of yeah. fresh guys to comment on. But we are going to talk about some offensive as well as defensive improvements that we'd love to see uh, from this team, just to kind of tighten things up from where they were last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in shavings, we're going to talk about some of the foul changes that are taking place within the league. I think overall good. I don't think it's going to be a huge detriment to the Clippers, although they did throw some shade at Paul George. I have, I have some pretty, I have some beef over Chuck this Chuck has umbrage. Yeah, uh, I take umbrage with this. Uh, and yeah, and, and then also, so we got to talk third center. I feel like we are <laughs> we're never of, not going to talk about it. <laughs> we keep kind of beating this drum, and if you want us to stop talking about it, you know, write Lawrence Frank, tell them to just go <laughs> ahead. Sign a third center. Tell them to just go ahead and sign a third center, and we can get past this discussion. So yeah. all that and more coming up right about now. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, so Clips versus Bucks, uh, 6 p.m. Pacific, if you're trying to watch it. I believe it's on NBA TV. Um, Not going to go too crazy in depth on what, like the Summer League, it's really interesting. Like we're going to talk about things we don't want to see and things we want to see. But there, let's no one overreact, I guess. It's hard because we've kind of been without Clippers basketball. I know we want to see everyone play well. But, you know. I'm not overreacting. <laughs> I'm not overreacting. I'm calm, dude. You're overreacting. Um, let's start with Keon Johnson. Yes. Very think, excited for him. What do you want to see? Uh, well, I... I just, I selfishly, I just want like two explosive highlights of yeah. him just kind of throwing it down. Maybe, maybe an oop from Jason Preston. Uh, and I'm good. Uh, that's just, fair. Just super so first fi- summer league game. Superficially, that's all I want. But <laughs> it, it, like in a deeper sense or a developmental yeah. sense, I think we're kind of both on the same page. Like, and it's just sort of seeing how his de- like defensive ability will translate at this, you know, higher theoretically level of competition. Yeah, for all these guys, the through line for Johnson Preston and Brandon Boston Jr., who is officially on the roster, specifically is, is the thing that you were really good at in college still the thing you're really good at at this level? Yeah. Because if it's not, then you're kind of like, huh, all right, we got some time to figure it out, no real overreactions. But it would just be reassuring to be like, oh, Keon looks great in one-on-one on the perimeter, on the defensive side of the ball. Um don't think he's. I don't think his athleticism is going to be like. Oh, where does forty-eight inch vertical go? <laughs> like that's yeah. all still going to be there, which is great. I, well, but like it's still translating, right? Because it, it's still going to yeah. be different seeing him do it versus other college guys versus guys who are like really thirsty to make the league and yeah. like you know really. Some guys are playing for a lot out there. I'm yeah, absolutely. Um, Jason Preston. One thing I'm looking out for is can the rebounding stats translate at all. Oh, interesting. He averaged 15, 7, and 7 in college. Love it. Which is great. And, like, the, I obviously, you know, for him, I'd love to see the passing still look better than other people on the floor when he has the ball in his hands like he did at, uh, at Ohio. Like he said, he averaged 7 boards in college despite being usually one of the smaller guys on the floor. So he's one of those kind of crafty rebounding guards. 
Um, you know, someone who can learn something from Pat Bev in that vein once we get later down the season. But that's what I'm looking at. I want to see if the hustle is still effective at this level. It's still going to be there, I Definitely. I expect. But I just want to see if it's going to be effective. Yeah, I'm I'm curious to see uh, sort of how his IQ for the game is going to go. Yeah. So especially playing with guys that he hasn't had a whole lot of familiarity with. Mm-hmm. He has kind of stressed learning sort of where guys want the ball, which you love to hear. Uh, I guess what I'm looking for is just a, you know, the classic Will Uptake. Good assist to turnover ratio. Oh, turnovers are a really good thing to look for. Uh, yeah, good call. So I think if he can kind of, you know, build uh, a, a little bit of a vocabulary with his uh, fellow teammates in this short of a span in summer league, uh, I, I'm certainly excited to see because of his physical restraints. Like he has to play at the guard, so like and he has to make smart decisions to be effective. Yeah, he's gonna have to be you know sort of a, a, a distributor uh, a because I think like rising like raising his ceiling is going to be him being able to be on the floor with some of the better perimeter shooters of the Clippers lineup and kind of with that physicality back through bending what the defense is going to look like is he going to we obviously know that he needs to get on kind of a weight gain program uh Chris Manning talked about that I think think Preston and and Johnson both uh Johnson especially because I don't think he's gonna be able to play at the guard uh for the Clippers yeah um Brandon Boston Jr. who and I might be totally wrong about this. I'm not sure how much practice time he could get before his contract was made official with the Clippers. So I don't know if he's even practiced in an official capacity with Preston um, or Johnson. Is that stupid to think? Because I know there's that clip of him with Rondo, just, but that was with a trainer. That wasn't at team facilities. Yeah, yeah. So we saw the workout with um, with Rondo. I don't know uh, what the restrictions are like on, like um, team practices. Yeah. Yeah. On team practice facilities. But I would assume they'd find some loophole to at least get these guys a couple workouts together, a couple, yeah. a little bit of on court stuff. Definitely. And they obviously will like, you know, the morning you're listening to this before they um, play the game. But for Brandon Boston jr. Look, if you don't know his draft story, one of the top recruits coming out of high school was mocked in like the top five, um, of the draft before the college season started. Yeah. Had a rough go of the college season. A lot of factors in that that were out of his control. The more that we read about it, the more it was like, oh, if I was if I was this age, these things would have gotten to me. Like basketball maybe wouldn't have been the first thing on your mind, um, which is totally okay. Efficiency in some form or another would be great to see. He had yeah. none of that in college. Yeah, he struggled. I, he was from, in like what the third? I was he even in the forties overall from the field. I don't think so. Um, so like. If that can't happen, which I'm not fully expecting it to, we don't know what the playing time is going to look like. It's not do or die. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is just like stuff that would be cool to see. Um, Ultimately, good decisions when the ball's in his hand. You know, for a guy who has all the physical tools and the pedigree like we've talked about, like making good decisions would be fantastic to see. So the thing I'm actually going to be looking for is going to be kind of more off-court. I'm curious to see what he looks like when he's... Uh, sort of taking apart the game when he's sitting on the bench, sort of what his interactions are like with teammates as well as coaching staff. So my biggest question is, you know, coming out of Kentucky, like the sort of the lack of development, is that like a systematic issue? You know, right. like uh, does, is, you know, does he have some issues sort of, uh, I don't know, sucking up the ego and kind of taking the coaching and and, and doing, doing well, you know, fair. whatever it takes. I have the most utmost faith in this kid you know i think it's a little bit hard with programs that big that are you know they're designed for one year to kind of just churn out athletes right for sure um so i I think that i think that with a little bit more attention um and in hope what is hopefully you know a a long-term landing spot definitely um 
you, you know, maybe he can make a, a, a bigger step. Yeah, and, and that's offensively. Defensively, it's like been talked about how it can project in a reliable fashion. So again, seeing the best part of his game would be unsurprising but welcome, right? Like it's like, oh, well, the defense is good, so that's good. Um, and then we're, we're going with, now we're talking about the elder statesman of the Clippers Summer League team. Amir Coffey. Um, the, yes, uh, Amir Coffey. I want to see what the three-point shooting looks like because depending, they're going to run the, Castleberry's talked about running the Summer League team with similar sets as, you know, the Clipper the Clippers, like the the ones, like the Kawhi PG Absolutely, Reggie lineup. Yeah. So that means there's going to be some open looks from three from Amir Coffey. If you listen to this podcast last season, we documented the very, very concentrated effort. Volume, by baby. The, by the Agua Caliente Clippers. Volume from deep for Coffey. Yes, he was taking like 10 threes a game sometimes, 12 threes a game sometimes. They want him to work on that outside shot. So I, we know that Amir Coffey's an NBA-ready level player. We know that he can play in the NBA. The Clippers have extended a qualifying offer. So I'm hoping that three-point shooting, you know, I hope it looks good. I'm not going to take too much away from it if it doesn't, but hey, it'd be cool to see translate. Oh, yeah, it'd be great. I mean, look, I, I'm curious to see sort of how his energy is going to be transmitted to these younger guys. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, <laughs> if you're he, not getting hyped up on an Amir Coffee shift, yeah. Got, yeah, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it can almost at times be to his detriment. I think that he reined it in a, a lot better last year and, and was able to give productive minutes at times. Look, with the uncertainty uh, regarding the injuries and sort of health of this roster, bringing energy, some rebounding and passable defense, it could fast lane any one of these guys into some playing time. Yeah. So I think, you know, taking a taking a page out of Amir Coffey's book uh, and just just bringing all of that, being what being ready to just do the work. Uh, any one of these guys could could really carve out a little bit of time on a roster that's a little bit in flux right now. That's what's crazy, too, is Coffee doesn't even technically have a spot on the Clippers roster. Yeah. Because of, I think there's like 17 or something guys. It's very weird. Um, going into what we don't want to see, it's kind of hard because we obviously don't want to see anyone play like objectively bad. But just it's not that much these Just real, selfishly would be the thing for me. Perfect. That's a great one. None of these things like really matter in the first game. Like yeah. really with like two asterisks on the ends of it. Um yeah, selfish play. I'd be like, oh, that, but I don't think we're going to see that from any of these. Because you're guys. not going to be a leader on this team. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, maybe, absolutely. Maybe you could be on ACC or something, but y- you're not going to be on this Clippers. This team. Clippers team's not playing selfish uh, for sure. So you know, it's got to be a team effort, and 100%. like you, you gotta, you gotta be trying to make your teammates, better. you know, better. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, seeing a bad Oturu would bum me out a bit. I don't. Okay. Because okay. he is currently our third center, which he's is apparently our, our biggest center. gripe. And I don't think it impacts what his trajectory is, since no. it's already a little wonky. Very raw prospect. But it would bum me out to not have some hope that he could contribute this season. So we what tra- would be a bad Oturu performance? Getting blocked three times? Yeah, not hitting shots around the rim, not getting boards, not being able to jump for boards. Like It felt like his jump needed work. Like the height of his jump. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Which Fair I enough. don't, I don't know. Um, and then I just hope everything can get done safely. Patients versus Wizards has already been postponed due to health and safety protocols. I don't want to get into how I feel about that, but I just hope nothing. I hope, I hope everyone stays safe over there. Yeah, let's And stay if you're safe. a media member, please stay safe over stay there. Stay safe. Keep it healthy. Keep it healthy. Wash those hands. Wear that mask. And as Carl Tart says, wash your ass. <laughs> um, coming up, we're going to be talking the freshies, but it's all the same people. So we maybe have to come up with a new name for it. But first, we have to give a shout-out to Stat Hero. Sounds like an anime, but it's not. Did you know that 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose? That's unbelievable. Is it? Really? 
That's unbelievable. The game is rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention experts who have more tools and more time. You don't stand a chance. Introducing Stat Hero. It's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winning within reach. Here's how it works. Stat Hero shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head-to-head -head fantasy matchup. You name your stakes, winner take all. You have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time. No one else does that. Are you kidding me? You're in total control. Stat Hero is DFS the way it was meant to be. One on one. Play Stat Hero now and change the odds. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. Sign up for free. And right now you can get three times back on your first play. Are you serious? They're giving you, you kidding me? They're giving you a 300% match. That's a limited drop, folks. That's unheard of. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. One more time, stathero.com slash locked on. Okay, so we're back with the freshies, kind of the, the mediums. The oldies? The day olds? Is that disrespectful? Dale is oldies. I, there's nothing wrong with day olds. There's nothing wrong with day olds, but I want to say that boldly on but this context podcast. wise. I don't think it makes is this, oldies feels disrespectful. Oldies is disrespectful. We'll figure it out. We got time. Moldies, <laughs> also borderline disrespectful. Um, so geezers, <laughs> we're just we're just going down a slippery slope right now. Um, so the big question is like, what does improvement look like for a team that's running back every key contributor? after shooting a historic clip from outside and genuinely looking way better than the previous year. Is it basically just availability outside of Kawhi Leonard? I, I think so, yeah. I, I think just um, just seeing another year of health, especially for guys like Batum, you know, who, uh, who have had somewhat of a rocky um, health injury, or, yeah. you know, like health history, rather. Um, health injury relationship. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, as well as, you know, Pat Bev, uh, would love to see him, you know, sort of improve that availability and consistency. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, o overall, I, th I think um, just staying healthy and honestly, like more of the same is not a step back from what this team did last year. Yeah. You know what I mean? For sure. It's um, a good call, especially offensively. So I, I think for me, like my biggest complaint really offensively from last year uh, was just sort of the extreme swings of ball movement. So okay. at, at times, I think I see where you're going with this. <laughs> at times, people could be a little too unselfish. I thought that we wasted valuable shot clock time on possessions and we allowed defenses to recover by just, you know, sort of it almost felt like at times people were unwilling to take the shot. The grass, it was always, I mean, it was the idea was always the grass was always greener with the next pass yes which most of the time work and like you know passing up good shots for great shots is very much a thing yeah we but love the saying every you, clippers fan love that saying this but year. sometimes you just <laughs> got to take the first great shot <laughs> instead of waiting for someone else to do it yeah um yeah and, and that was the thing i mean how many 24 second shot clock violations do we see in the playoffs like too many for yeah. a team with championship aspirations so i i just want guys to you know continue to trust in their teammates trust in themselves if the shot is there though just take it Without hesitation. Uh, yeah. And I, I think that another year of continuity can kind of sort this out. You know, guys, For sure. Good call. Like we continue it, was, it didn't feel like it was the first year based on how good the offense looked yeah. under Ty Lue, But it is important to remember that was the first year under this system. Well, and like even guys who were returning, their roles had changed. Yeah. Things were very different. Um, and I think now with, you know, a little bit more time to gel, a fuller offseason, which, you know, we also neglect to talk about. We did not have a full training camp and offseason last year. Mm -hmm. So I think that that will help with that familiarity as well in like a non-competitive environment to be able to figure out your your teammates a little bit more. Yeah. Um, 
And, and I think that that will help with that. And then, like, I guess uh, on the other side of this, that sometimes the ball could get so damn stagnant. Yeah, that classic, you know, the thing that I think you fall into when you have two stars who can handle the ball is that when it does swing the other way, it's like, all right, go out and get us a bucket because sometimes we need it. But you're right. Sometimes it was kind of like, what are we doing here? Like, let's the little pep in the step. The like, ball could could stick. And, you know, a, a huge thing is going to be guys like Rondo or, or guys who tend to kind of hold the ball a little bit more. Yeah. Getting that thing moving because that's when this offense looks looks its best. That can go a long way for Kennard. If Kennard can really not be a, a quote-unquote, a term that we hate on this podcast, quote-unquote pure point guard, we don't need Luke Kennard to do that. But he's going to be making upwards of 15 mil next season. 16. 16. He's going to have the ball in his hands Four probably a lot more. <laughs> he's probably going to have the ball in his hands a lot more. He's got to keep it moving and make the right decision. Yeah, so I, I think like guys stepping up in that sense, I think you're totally right. Absolutely. And I think that this is one of those things that can be improved with positioning like Get yourself open. Get yourself in a spot where you're, the teammate who's driving knows where you're going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just being fully committed on drives to, like, actually open a score pass sort of option. You know what I mean? Yeah. There were times where, like, they were driving and stopping with the ball and then, like, dribbling some more. And, and you know, like, the, once again, those are things where, like, if you don't know where the open guy is, uh, you're worried about a turnover. Um, and maybe you don't have the confidence going to the basket. So just some more... Oomph. Some more oomph. Well, I just think a clearer plan when you're driving. Right. You know what I for mean? Sure. Like know Avoid what the, the obje- know what the objective is. Know where your teammates are going to be. Yeah. And for people off ball, get in a spot to get the damn ball. Yeah, that's a good call. Um, there's a great stat from Shane Young on Twitter. He said, with Kawhi on the court, the Clippers generated around 42% of their shots from three, which is a great proportion. They also shot 44% from deep when he played. Without Kawhi, the uh, three-point shot generation dipped to ninety, uh, n- or excuse me, thirty-nine percent, not ninety. It doubled. Yeah, it doubled. Uh, it dipped to thirty-nine percent, and the accuracy went down to thirty-eight percent, which is basically borderline league average. Yeah, well, I mean, he demands so much attention from a defense, yeah. um, and Paul George does as well. And so now we got to figure out how this is kind of, and this kind of going into the defensive improvements, like. The biggest thing for Ty Lue next season, we know what this team looks like with Paul George on the court without Kawhi. It's fantastic. It's an elite team with Paul George out there. What happens when Paul George is sitting? Yeah. These, this is going to be... Those on-off like, off numbers are going to be where this team lives and dies. This is, And this is kind of a bridge between the defensive improvements and offensive improvements. I'm not sure if this is even technically an improvement because we haven't even seen the team... I mean, we have like kind of patchwork without Kawhi. Mm-hmm. Um but like how he integrates Justice Winslow into the defensive situation of those minutes is going to be big. And like Batum, agree like, or disagree, Bev and Batum are the most important second unit players. Oh, I absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. And like even especially with the, defensively, even with the starters, I mean, I think that we're going to see a dip in in Paul George's three point attempts, which is unfortunate. Ugh, but at the same, we don't want. Yeah, we all it, we want it, him to be taking ten a game. <laughs> it's a, it's unfortunate, but it is just yeah. sort of the nature of the beast. I mean, like he is such a gifted scorer, and he's so good when he's going downhill that we just we need attack mode Paul George uh, without a Kawhi <sighs> for the majority of the season. Yes, and defensively, you have a good note on here that was really the biggest clip. Bugaboo, like this is the main improvement. Yeah, we just need. Which to see, I don't know how it gets better without Kawhi. We we just need to see greater con, like containment against guard heavy pick and roll derived offenses. Uh, the pick and roll coverage, 
I wasn't thrilled with it overall. I thought it had some great peaks in the playoffs. Uh, I thought in that Jazz series. Yeah. We and, played and, playoff basketball well. That's the thing with the Ty Lue teams is that you're figuring out playoff stuff. Yeah, I, I thought against the Jazz and the Suns, it looked a lot better. Look, we're always going to struggle with, you know, sort of the larger guards like, you know, Luka or, or a Jokic who, you know, is <laughs> yeah. a larger purposes, guard. <laughs> a, a large guard. Uh, but, you know, with other high usage point guards, the amount of wings that we have on this team, the amount of talented defenders, I would just like to see some 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 greater containment. Yeah, and then so Justice Winslow comes into play. He's going to get more time than I think a lot of us think. Well, and then the other thing is going to be just the transition defense. Yeah, and and offense, <laughs> like just transition in general needs to get better for the Clippers. Um, it's going to be interesting. Really excited to see what Tyloo puts together. We won't really know about it until it hits the court, but we can all dream until then. Uh, coming up. We're going to be talking the new non-basketball moves to draw fouls and why the officials shouldn't have put Paul George in as an example, as well as just an update on the third center situation. But first, Will, protein bars. Tell me about them. What's the best kind? <laughs> Bill Bar is definitely the best. Did you know that Bill Bar has so many delicious flavors? There's something for everyone. Wow. When you talk to a Bill Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. If you don't know the Bill Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. They got coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. You know what my favorite flavor is? It's got to be salted caramel. It's mm. great. It's classic. Fancy, I love yeah. a, I love a salt and chocolate kind of a mix. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where, you, where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. Check out these macros. Each bar has 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from only 130 to 180, only four to five grams of sugar, and only four to five grams net carbs. Amazing flavors, all, all tasty, all healthy. Order today and get the grasshopper cookie or raspberry or whatever you like. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the US track and field team, which is pretty cool. So go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKED and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED for 15% off at built.com. Now that we're satiated, where can we put some money down? Bet online. If you want to bet online, you should go to betonline.ag. That's uh, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. You can track all the action at Bet Online. Get the latest nudes, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and your favorite UFC or MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook expert, and just a heads up, that promo code is locked on. Okay, so we're back with shavings and coming down. From, from the mountain on high, the league offices. From the mountain on high. <laughs> there are... Uh, the timekeepers have given us... There are some... There's some new legislation on offensive uh, shooting fouls and sort of non-basketball moves to draw fouls. Chuck, what are we looking at here? So, a lot of these make a lot of sense. Um, Resident lawyer, Charles Mock. Look, what are look, we looking I've at here? I studied pretty hard for the LSATs. Um... One of them is the shooter launches or leans into a defender at an abnormal angle. I think we all know exactly. We have a perfect image of that in our heads. Yep. Um, we know what that is. The offensive player abruptly veers off his path sideways or backwards into a defender. 
Does this? I hope this doesn't include a stop because I think a stop on a dime is, that that's, should totally be a foul. That's on the ref. That's on the ref to decide, and I think that's going to be an argument during the season. I think you've, that's a very good point. The shooter kicks his leg up to or the side at an abnormal angle. One time that happened to Patrick Patterson. He got kicked in the head blocking a shot by the by the offensive player, uh, which was insane. It's wild, and it's it's bad for both guys. It's dangerous it's for the dangerous shooter. for everybody. It's dangerous for the shooter. It's yeah. obviously terrible Chris for the Paul defender. Chris Paul hurt himself doing it in the playoffs. Yeah, um, yeah. Now, no, this was a rule that definitely needed to be changed. The kickout is so lame. Yeah. Uh, and wildly dangerous. The offensive player's off-arm hooks the defender, often in the process of attempting a shot in a non-basketball manner. Yeah, so this has been a problem. Um, all of these are like, hey, I'm on board with all of this. And these are adjustments that, you know, uh, sort of anybody can make. The guys do it when they play in international basketball for the Olympics. Like The refs it, is what I'm worried about. So that's, like, sort of where we get into a weird gray area, is that, like, I, I think that the refing over the past couple years has gotten maybe even more suspect yes. at times. Sure. I think that's fair to say. I totally agree, dude. I mean, the yeah. players certainly feel that way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I think that, like, leaving even more of these calls up to them is is certainly interesting. Uh, but we'll just have to see how it goes. Well, I mean, like, there are yeah. clear hooks that happen. I mean, a lot of these... You know I, what it is when you see it as we, well as things. When they're talking about these being no calls or whatever, I, I think Yeah, that, some are no calls, some are offensive fouls. We know what these are when we see them. It's just, like, the area that's kind of in between that I'm curious to see how that all shakes out. For sure. I have a beef with the way that they announced this because Paul George was used as the example in the tweet thread by NBA officials for the uh, offensive player's off-arm hooks the defender. And I think that's disrespectful. Yeah, the guy in the top 25 scorers got to the line the second least amount of attempts. He got no whistle this season (laughs) and, like, talked about it and got fined for it. Yeah. And then they use him as the example for the new offensive fouls. I think that's trash. I think they 100% knew what they were doing. My tinfoil hat fits great, by the way. Um, I think it's trash that someone who got fined criticizing the officials is using the example of the new offensive fouls. Yeah. That sets a weird precedent. I don't expect the whistle to be any better for Paul George next season. I think that it might be, actually. I hope it is, but I have no faith in these refs because they have given us none. And they've shown that maybe, or whoever the social media manager is for the NBA officials account, probably not a referee. I wish Dick Vabetta was running that account, (laughs) But alas, he's not. That's Scott Foster's son. Uh, yeah, Scott Foster. Snot Foster. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I just think that's lame. Uh, I think it's disrespectful. But uh, are there any other Clippers players other than the one that they decided to use as an example from a playoff game, which I also think is weird? Um, like, is anyone on the Clippers at risk for no, losing like, uh, out on points from this? So our our approach to fouls was much different this year. I mean, in the past two seasons leading up to this, we were, like, in the top three in terms of free, free throw attempts attempted. Um, however, you know, it was kind of closer to league average, if I'm not mistaken, this last year. Uh, so I don't think it's going to be a huge – I don't think it's going to be a huge issue or deal breaker uh, for anyone on this squad. But – you know, like, like we said, it's just one of those things to watch out for. You're leaving another thing in the officials' hands uh, without, which, with what I feel like are somewhat vague guidelines. Absolutely. We're getting into this, like, intent stuff now where it's almost like they have to make these decisions, like, well, what was this player doing before? Like, it's going to be, there's going to be some growing pains, and they're not going to be fun. Yeah. Much like real growing pains, despite what adults tell you when you're a kid. Um, 
All right, now we're talking about, I guess, apparently our new favorite off-season subject until it gets solved. An update as of 6.20 Pacific uh, p.m. Sunday evening. The Clippers do not have a third center other than Daniel O'Toole on the roster right now. And at this point, it's not even a third center. It's a second center. We don't know right. the availability sure. of, of Serge Ibaka on opening night. And Zoo, we haven't got an update on whether that's going to require surgery, what's going on with that. With anything with it. Because so, so that seemed like another tear, right? Sure. I at mean, least a partial. When you have no information about it, Yes. I mean, I think they announced it as at least a partial. I can't remember the, the exact wording. Yeah, so the available names we have. Luckily, the third center market isn't too hot of a stove right now. We have uh, Patrick Patterson, DeMarcus Cousins, still available. Uh, Aaron Baines, available. Boban. Hi-yo. Who's available. And then Harry Giles. Yeah, so, I mean, Giles is so young. I think it, that's interesting. Yeah. He played for... Um, he, he played for a vet man last year uh, on Portland. Mm-hmm. I think that that was a great pickup. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe he'll get retained by Portland with Ennis Cantor leaving. Um, we'll see how that goes. Honestly, I wouldn't be mad at um, you know picking up one or both of of Cousins and Patterson uh, if we can get them on on vet men deals. And then we also have a roster spot issue that we've also got to delve into, but that's yes. for another time. Yeah, there's weirdly a lot of little stuff to figure out. Yeah, for the Clippers, but positionally, right now. it is, uh, it, you know, it is a big question mark coming into coming into the start of the season. Yes, absolutely. Um, that about wraps it up. Tuesday's episode, we're doing Twitter Tuesday. Yeah. So send those questions into at Locked On Clips. Um, recap what we liked and didn't like from that Clippers summer league game, um, and of course whatever else happens between now and then in Clipperland, which really only needs to be. Signing a third center. Again, send those questions in to at Locked on Clips. Send them in anytime. We'll, we'll chop it up with you. Uh, Will, where can these fantastic people listen to our podcast and how could they really help us out in the grand scheme of digital things? Oh, okay. So to check out this podcast, you can listen to us on iTunes with the podcast app. We're also on Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on Deezer. We're on Amazon Music. You can always tell your smart speaker to play Locked on Clippers. If you'd like to support this podcast and help us out, uh, if you could leave a rating and review on iTunes or the podcast app, um, you know, like it or not, regardless of what platform you use, it is kind of a, a huge deal for huge. us. Yeah. Uh, so we love it. Please go ahead and do that if you have the time. Uh, and thanks for your listen. We absolutely need it. We thank y'all so much. I have been positive, Chuck Mockler. And I am William the Opinion Updike. We appreciate you.